on this final episode of 2022. Crazy, we're already here. But we're going to recap the year that was in professional golf. Talk about some of the big wins, the best shots, the worst shots, because those are the most fun to discuss. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about what we're to look forward to in 2023. Some stuff from us at Big Drive Energy, the majors, the Waste Management Open, which we'll be at, uh, and a player to look out for from the Corn Ferry Tour last year to the PGA Tour this year. Any rookies that we uh, think it's a good idea to keep an eye out for. And maybe uh, when you get into the DraftKings Sportsbook, we can uh, get some betting on these guys. We're going to start our picks starting next week again for the Century Tournament of Champions. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsors over at Pins and Aces. We're rocking the Pins and Aces gear all the time on the golf course. All of our content you'll see Pins and Aces is number one. Uh, They have the best polos. They have the best hoodies now. They have the best hats with the ear flaps for this cold ass weather. I just went out and got some coffee here in Colorado and it was 21 degrees. I could see my breath in my car, which is never an ideal scenario, but looking at a ton of snow on the ground. So it's top golf and simulator golf season here, but you can show up looking the best to those leagues even if it's indoors with pins and aces, we have a promo code for you. It is BDE. Go to pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code BDE. Use some of that holiday money that you got from your grandma and get yourself some new pins and aces gear. Full, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rocking the hoodie all the time now. I'm a big hoodie guy. They've got some sick ones. This purple one I've got on is just fire. Um, and they've got the new golf hoodies too, which are a little lighter. They're, stre- they're a little more stretchy and they're kind of like a, a, base color on the outside but then the hoods got one of their sick designs in it so really cool stuff coming from pins and aces constantly putting out the most comfortable best looking golf merch of course the liquor stick was a big hit at the tailgate we're going to be firing that baby up again for the final broncos tailgate people love to drink liquor out of a massive stick they were shocked when it uh i told people it could hold a full 750 they were blown away so make sure to check out pinsandaces.com Use the promo code BDE and get 15% off plus free shipping. All right, let's tear up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> fucking got on the shit today. That's fucking on one. Buddy, the last episode of 2022, man. What a crazy year. What a crazy year. Cra- golf what a crazy year for us our lives look a lot different now than they did one year ago that's for sure 
Yeah. St- end of 2021, I was not married and didn't have a kid on the way. And now I've got a two for You're not with child. I am now with child and with ring. <laughs> I am with neither. So no, that shit hasn't <laughs> changed, but just a, a few other things have changed for me. Um, we obviously have talked about it previously, but we both no longer work at Spring Valley Golf Club, which is pretty crazy. But I think that just means big things for 2023 because it's going to give us way more time to make golf content and do do what we really love to do. Like, I honestly just I was kind of thinking about it this morning. Like, I think my love of golf is going to come back and I'm really going to get like into into watching golf. And not to say that I wasn't these past few years, but when you work at a golf course and then you're, you know, like our whole lives revolved around golf. And so now that it's more like a choice and it's more just fun to go do shit like this, like go cover tournaments possibly and uh, make golf content and host tournaments and stuff like that's going to be so much freaking fun. So I actually this morning, just this morning, got like really excited, like thinking about watching the tournament of champions next weekend and um, a few other things. So. I mean, I'm, I'm really stoked like this. I think 2023 is going to be an awesome year for us, our content and hopefully my golf game. Um, I went and hit a few balls the other day real quick. I, I feel like I'm, I feel like we're both at the age where like, sadly enough, if you sleep wrong, it's like a three or four day thing. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I slept wrong. My neck hurts this morning. Like I, I slept wrong on my neck Monday night and I, it's finally going away. Like this is horseshit. I, I just don't understand why my body, I mean, I do understand, but it's just bullshit that it doesn't move near as quickly as it used to like fixing itself. Um, and so I went and hit a few balls. What was it? Tuesday. Uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday, maybe uh, when we went and had lunch. Was that Wednesday? That was Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I went and hit a few balls, but my neck was still all fucked up. So I was swinging like 50 percent and just, you know, it's really tough to work on anything. I hadn't hit balls in like two months. So, uh, I mean, I still kind of got it and I kind of know what I'm going to get no matter what. And I hate hitting range balls. But I figure something's better than nothing. Uh, I'm just really ready to get into some warm weather here in these next few months and and play some fucking fun golf down in Arizona, um, South Carolina, stuff like that. So I'm I, I woke up feeling dangerous. Let's put it that way. Whoa, a little Baker Mayfield this morning. Uh, <laughs> we all know how that went for him. So hopefully it goes better for me than just for him. <laughs> exactly. Well, dude. Speaking to that, like, I, I'm excited to get excited about golf again. I'm excited exactly. to be excited. Like, yep. working at a golf course is great. It's it's one of the better jobs you could have in a grain and scheme of things. But for what we do here and, like, being around golf all day and then, all you know, not having to talk about it. That's not what this podcast We enjoy this. Like, this is fun for us. This is way more fun than our actual jobs were. <clears throat> but being able to like get excited to go hit range balls. Like we used to grind back in the day, dude, when we were in high school, college, when we first could drive ourselves, we were going to the range at family sports. And I'm excited for that to be a thing again and be like, Oh, you know, like hitting golf balls is, is fun. And, and practicing is fun and playing is even more fun. And it's not like a, Oh yeah, we have to get off work and play and do this and that it's, it's fun to be excited about the game again. 100%. Although I will say, 
I, I hit a little snag yesterday. Uh, I had a minor panic attack. I didn't know where my fucking golf clubs were. So <laughs> I just where moved. I just moved. And I dude, like, I, I don't think people steal. I mean, maybe I do, but dude, there was just some things that didn't make it from the moving truck. I thought <clears throat> to my house. And so I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, I mean, the guys didn't seem like golfers. Let's put it that way. Um, but <laughs> I was like, dude, my fucking, my whole brand new bag, all my clubs, like I kind of panicked for like 15 minutes. Luckily they were in the back of my wife's car. Uh, I had moved them over so I could get my truck cleaned out to move. Uh, so that was good. But the, the, the scary thing is, you know how women are always like good about knowing where stuff is. Like if you ask them, they're like, Hey, Oh yeah, this is here or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. yeah I guess most, so. most of the time, you know, like if they're like, Oh, where's this? And they're like, Oh, I just saw it there. Well, I asked her if my clubs were in the back of her car and she said, no. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh fuck. And she's like, they're in the garage right next to my clubs. And I, so I went in the garage and there was an empty, my empty old bag, with no clubs in it next to her bag. <laughs> like, honey, these are like, my clubs. I was like, uh, this is just an empty bag, but they honey, were in the back my of clubs. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the back of her car, uh, underneath some stuff. So well, I was like, it, it, real quick, if you know, Spencer, he would lose his ass if it wasn't attached to his body. He loses just about everything he owns on a regular basis. Um, so it's not surprising that you would lose something like your golf clubs if they did disappear. Didn't you, didn't you forget your golf clubs at a golf course one time or I, I don't remember. I, I just know that you've, you've forgotten just about everything that is in your possession at one point or another. Anything that I own, I've probably lost at some point or another. So that's, that could be accurate. I left my bag at, at the airport um, when we were in Phoenix last oh year. Oh my God. Completely. That was yes. Spencer left. We were getting on the fucking uh, tr- uh, transfer or the bus to go over to get our rental car. And we step off the bus and we're like in the rental car center. And I look at Spencer and he had three bags originally and he only has two. And he looks at me and like the bus is I, I look back at the bus and like the doors are closing and he just makes a fucking hard sprint for it. Did you did they end up trying to like leave on you? Did you have to like knock on the door? Was the bus still open or what? No, they just put it out on the fucking sidewalk. Oh, thank by God. Itself and oh, my God, left. dude. Yeah. Who knows what you had in there, but it was probably pretty important. Um, so, yeah, Spencer, my clothes for the week. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a, a minor uh, disaster, but, you know, that wouldn't be the first time. So I figure, you know, when you're traveling, I figure as long as I got my credit card, my ID, and honestly, you don't even need your ID anymore. I guess if you're going to the bar or whatever and you're you have to show identification. But in order to travel, you don't even need an ID anymore um, because it, I will give a, a shout out, even though we don't really give free shout outs. Uh, cl- the clear app clear for the airport will change your life. If you do not have it, it is worth every single cent. I think is it is it 180 bucks for like three years or two years or something like that. I think I think it's per year. Maybe it's, 100, maybe it's 180 a year, but clear is the clutchest in the game and you don't even need your ID like your ID is your face, which is somewhat alarming. And there's a lot of people uh, like tinfoil hat people that will be like, oh, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want my face to be like identified, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but it, it is very, very handy. You just walk to that line. They check you in with your eyeballs. 
And then they immediately take you to the front of the security. Like it hasn't taken me more than 20 minutes to get through security anytime in the last year. And God knows that traveling has been a clusterfuck everywhere for, you know, basically since COVID. But um, and speaking of which, don't want to get off on another tangent here, but uh, just thoughts and prayers to everybody that flew on Southwest these last this last week, because uh especially into Denver because Denver is such a it's not a hub because Southwest doesn't have hubs. And that was that was clear. That was made clear by about 10,000 people on TikTok that uh, felt the need to explain the airline system like we were small children. And I'm not going to lie. It actually did help. Um, But Southwest just basically fumbled the bag hard. Uh, their software, I guess, is not good, and they've known this for a while. Um, I actually saw a TikTok. It's sad how much news I get from TikTok. Like, but it, I mean, there's some real, real boots on the ground, informative shit. Um, other than one time, I scrolled to a live stream of like a bombing in Paris. I was like, oh, this is not comfortable. I mean, just fucking. I don't. It was like people getting tear gassed and shit. I was like, I don't know what the fuck going on here. Um, but it's like news, you know, it's real life things happening. And this one dude got fired from Southwest because he was he was in there. Uh, I want to say he was he was in their executive, not their executive. He, he was a higher up at Southwest and basically questioned uh, the leadership above him and got canned. So uh, it sounds like Southwest is really going through it right now. Um, I can't really feel bad when I think the CEO made like between 15 and 20 million dollars last year. Um, so if you got that NBA salary, uh, there's no reason for anybody to feel bad for you, but they need to figure their shit out because I think there's still thousands of bags sitting at DIA and and multiple other airports. And uh, luckily, my girlfriend is flying in today on just say Friday. Yeah, it is Friday uh today but she's flying on united and isn't checking any bags so her flight already took off this morning and we're we're all good so uh just thoughts and prayers to anybody flying southwest i was actually sitting next to these people at the avs game last night and the lady told me they're going to the fiesta bowl they're leaving because they have three daughters that all go to tcu so they're going to the fiesta the fiesta bowl uh they're leaving today. And I was like, Oh God, I hope you're not fine Southwest. And she's like, we are. And she had flown Southwest three times this last week. They went to Mexico. She went to, uh, it, it sounded like she traveled for work, but they were coming back from Mexico. They were going to Texas and they were, uh, she went to Texas and Arizona all this week. And she said two of those flights were delayed two hours and one was delayed six hours. So uh, no matter what, and then they're flying back down to, is it Fiesta Bowl in Arizona? Yeah, it's at Glendale Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're flying back into Phoenix today. And I was like, fucking good luck to you because that seems like a nightmare. And Southwest isn't even booking any more flights or anything like, like taking any more. Uh, I guess they're not literally not booking any more flights unless you've bought a ticket. I don't think you can buy a, a future Southwest ticket for now until they fix what they got going on. So um, just overall a, a crazy uh, happening um, within the world. And thank God, hopefully by the time we start traveling, cause we're going to be going to Arizona and I, have we talked if we're driving or not, or what's the story there in January, we're not driving. 
in, in February, February for the waste management, we are going to drive. That'll oh. be a fun little roadie. Oh, but fuck. I'm no, I think we'll just fly Spirit or something. That seems pretty safe. No, we're not flying. I've never flown on Spirit, and I do not plan on it unless I am like fucking hogtied and thrown on the a Spirit plane. I'm not getting on that plane. Um, so we'll we'll have to figure that out. But overall, uh. I'm very excited for the new year. I I guess we kind of, I just got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm very, very excited to just get back into golf. And I really, one other quick thing for me is I hate hitting balls off of turf. I've had that issue for a while. And even when I went and hit balls the other day, I wasn't making full swings and my left thumb still started to hurt. Like it's something weird that happens at the top of my backswing and it's probably just technically wrong. Um, and I, I do hit pretty far down on my wedges and my short irons, but my left hand like gets fucked up from turf. So ideally I don't want to hit balls on turf. I just want to hit them on grass and I don't want the same issue to happen to me that happened five years ago. So I'm going to avoid hitting balls on turf at all costs. And really, I mean, that's our only option here, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, get down to Arizona and do some warming up and then uh out in south carolina i'm we're playing i'm planning on going on in february i don't know what you're planning on doing but uh definitely gonna play some golf out there too so it should be a blast yeah dude and uh going back off of mitchell's knowledge from tiktok i so i'm in a game of thrones scenario right now where i i haven't watched it but i'm watching like every episode and we're powering through. I'm almost to season six i think you know way behind the times but still still trucking and better late than never the uh, um, Tyrion Lannister, the the midget, the imp, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if midget's <laughs> the right term anymore, but um, he he just said in one of the last episodes that that's what I do. I drink and I know things. That's like a meme. And that's like exactly what you are. Like you just like you just know things like m- hanging out with Mitchell sometimes is like an encyclopedia of bullshit that you don't even really need to know but sometimes i'll just call him and get like a 30 minute story about you know we talked about ftx the other night and uh, just different things like that where mitchell just has this wealth of knowledge it's not necessarily good it's all pretty useless but it's knowledge and my my girlfriend feels the same way i can tell you that i i actually might might write a children's book down the road that's called fun facts with migsy i feel like that'd be a fire children's book well, I don't think it's really a children's book. I don't think I was going to say some of it might not be child appropriate, but I don't think many kids care about the fact that Southwest has not instead of a hub, it has a, some sort of chain system that you're describing to me yesterday. See, I learned that on TikTok. I mean, I I just like absorbing information and knowing things like I know it sounds stupid, but a lot of that stuff genuinely has me curious. There's there's plenty of shit that like. I wasn't the best kid in school um, because I just didn't think I I don't learn things that aren't relevant. (laughs) And maybe that's ironic because a lot of the shit that I learn is irrelevant, but I find it relevant to like everyday life and like what's happening. And like, if there's an issue, like what, you know, just anything I I think like if it's FTX and like Sam Bankman freed that fucking absolute fraud or Southwest, the absolute fraud airline, um, I just like learning what, you know, cause so many people, well, I, I hate talking on things that I don't know about. Um, and I hate when people do it. So I either 
don't speak on something or I feel like I know a good amount about it when I go to speak on it. So, um, yeah, I do have a lot of useless ass fun facts. Which are great. It's great, great party, great small talk. If me and Mitchell are in a situation where we're with strangers, usually Mitchell's the one carrying the convo. And I, I just want to say for 2022 and what I'm appreciative of, this isn't our Thanksgiving episode, but I am appreciative of you um, carrying convo like that. <laughs> All right, well, before we get oh, glad, to, glad to hear, I was just going to say, I'm glad to hear that because it's not probably going to stop anytime soon. So, no, um, before we get to uh, a year in review, if you will, of 2022 in the golf world, uh, I do want to say RIP to the winningest golfer in in history, not female history. She is a female, um, but Kathy Whitworth, she was the first lady ever to reach $1 million in career LPGA earnings. She set a benchmark that no one else is not, not Tiger, not Mickey Wright, not Sam Snead. She won 88 times, which are the most by any player on any single professional tour. Uh, they span nearly a quarter century, and she passed away on Christmas Eve at the age of 83. Um, wow. That, from her, what an accomplishment. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say what an accomplishment. Like the fact that I didn't even honestly know who she was is like sad on my part but it's also i feel like i i i am plugged in plenty to the pga tour the lpga tour everything it's like how did i not know this lady's name like she's the all-time winningest player in the history of golf yeah so her uh longtime partner betty odell uh said kathy quote kathy left this world the way she lived her life loving laughing and creating memories um they so she won the crazy thing she won 88 titles she was 83 years old so she won more titles than years lived wow that that's kind of a crazy stat uh her first win ever was at the kelly kelly girls open in 1962 she won six majors in her career and she broke mickey wright's record of 82 career wins when she won the lady michelob in the summer of 1982 it sounds so lit <laughs> That sounds fire. I didn't know Michelob Ultra, like Michelob as in the beer. Yeah. Lady oh, Michelob. okay. I didn't know Michelob. Well, I didn't know Michelob in general has existed for that long. So that's kind of fire. Yeah. So the she won her last tournament in 1985 at the United Virginia Bank Classic. Quote, uh, winning never got old. <laughs> no shit. That's, that's amazing. That is, that is very cool. And who knows if anybody will ever touch that again. Yeah, it's I, well, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of it's crazy because a lot of records are are going to be broken in a lot of other sports. But, yeah, I mean, just an incredible overall career. Uh, and most records are meant to be broken and will be broken, like the NFL going 17 games, pretty much every single season record is going to be broken. They're throwing the ball a lot more, so those records will be broken. But the the old golf records that, like, Tiger set and then Kathy set, like, some of those was just never. Nobody will ever have the longevity, and the co competition is so good that winning – certain things as in, in an individual sport like golf is in the professional ranks. And, and I mean, it can always be a team sport, but mostly an individual sport is definitely some records that will never be broken. So I just want to give a, give a shout out to Kathy RIP. Um, hope she had a great life and sounds like it winning a million dollars in the LPGA tour and, and living to the age of 83 and 
just setting all sorts of records and going down as the winningest golfer in history is a, a pretty good thing to put on your on your little uh, career notepad, if you will. Oh, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's crazy, man. Very cool. Yeah, before we get to the year in review, I also want to talk to you guys about our favorite place to place bets, which we do a ton of. We've been known to gamble a time or two, and we do all our sports betting at the DraftKings Sportsbook. This is the, you know, they have these reads, this is the best time of the year, blah, blah, blah. This is truly the best time of the year with college football bowl games. I love just getting to work, putting my iPad, you know, I have a computer and another screen, so let's not, I'm not incriminating myself here, but <laughs> I put my iPad on all the bowl games and it's just so fun. It, it is hard. They're, they're fun to bet on. You kind of got to do a little more research um, because when you look at a, a game like Texas yesterday versus Washington, you're like, Oh, Texas should win that game. Well, Washington has a great quarterback. Michael Penix came over from him. Indiana and Washington stomped them. A lot of the, the toughest part about college football now is the want to from some of these teams. But yeah. I always try to see like the teams that have a quarterback like Clemson, right? Clemson's not in the national championship for the first time in like five years, six years or in the in the running for it in the playoff. But they've got a kid that's like a, a six star quarterback coming up and he's starting to play his first couple games. Their, their star quarterback just transferred to Oregon State. So like teams like that, I'm like, all right. I love this. Like this team. Yeah, what's that kid's name from Clemson? He went to Westlake High School down in Texas. Something Garrett Klub. His last name is Klubnik. Kevin Klubnik. Garrett. Yeah, Klubnik, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. But our our go to betting, beast. our go to betting is on the DraftKings sportsbook for all the bowl games. It's one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Uh, I love the matchup, like I just said, between Clemson and I believe they're playing. Um, oh boy, is it Notre Dame? I don't care who they're playing. They're winning. That's like one of my highest rated bowl games in my pick them. And right now all new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on any college football team to win. And you get $150 in free bets. If they do, you can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlays. I hit myself a little same game parlay last night on a boosted parlay from DraftKings on the Dallas Cowboys and Tennessee Titans game. And so Real they always have Tennessee, had- Tennessee is playing Clemson. Tennessee. Yeah. And Tennessee's in their quarterbacks their quarterback. out for the year. Yeah. Hendon hooker, great player. That would have been a, that could have that it's crazy what that bowl game is now, but that could have been a college football playoff game. Oh, Two, 100%. a month and a half ago. That was a not, not a far cry from being a college football playoff game. So combine those multiple bets, get those big payouts at the same game parlays only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can download that now. Use the promo code DNVR and new customers place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and you get $150 if your team does. Code DNVR DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to tell you guys about our great friends over at Game Time. Best ticketing app by far. Uh, I we we uh, got to hang out with Henry from the Broncos beat the other day at the Nuggets game. He got some sick game time seats, like ten rows from the behind the Nuggets bench for like sixty bucks a piece. He waited till like right at tip off. People panic. They list him for low. You get the great prices on Game Time. You get the best seats, the seats you never thought you'd be able to sit in. So make sure you're checking out the game time app. That link is also in our description of our pod. So if you go down to the description, whatever podcast platform you're listening to and click that link, you can use game time to get into any games, concerts, shows, events that you want to go to. It's the best app by far. You can look at the map, 
they have flash deals every time you log in there to get yourself the best pricing. I believe you used game time last night on the Avalanche game. You went to the Avs game. I, I did. I sat in section 148, row 21. Um, face value on those seats is 160, and I paid 160. And so it was awesome. I mean, the seats were fucking amazing, almost center ice. Um, I actually got rid of my tickets because I didn't think I was going to go. And then my aunt and uncle were in town. And I was like, I want to go tonight. Um, unfortunately, we took a, a loss in the shootout, uh, but still a blast to go. And uh, the seats were awesome, all thanks to game time. So, yeah, that's uh, it's a no-brainer when you're looking on those apps and uh, looking for your best deal. It's It's game time or nothing, you know? Yeah, well, and one of the best uh, things about game time and hockey in general, I guess I, more I should say, is even though the Avs lost last night, you with the overtime loss and the rules in in hockey, it's the only sport where you can quote unquote lose and feel like you got and you get something out of it. You know, blowing a two goal lead, we'll forget about that. But the fact that they still got a point out of it, what it feels like a disappointing game, especially with all the players out, was a win, uh, a semi win in my book. Better than a tie, not as great as a win. But all right, let's review 2022, man. It was a great year for golf. Uh, I love, I love personally the new PGA Tour schedule and the fact that the players is now in March. You got the Masters in April, and then you got all three majors after the masters kind of stacked in there month by month and it's just constant like eyes on the game this year the you know coming up in 2023 the pga tour is going to be even better i think because yes we don't have the live players yes we don't have our boy cam smith uh playing in every event he will he will play in the masters where he's played really well he won't i don't know if he's going to get a chance to defend at the players i doubt it um yeah with that being a pga tour sanctioned event yeah i doubt he'll be able to play in that so that kind of stinks but the the fact that they have those 12 beefed up events this year where we're gonna see the best of the best on the pga tour almost like a century tournament of champions type 12 different times with bigger payouts um kind of like the DraftKings sportsbook bigger payouts um (laughs) but instant money it's gonna it's going to significantly grow a the top end of a field in all of these events, especially considering what it takes to get in those and then the names and then the competition. I really am excited for those 12 events. Of course, always excited for the majors, the fifth majors, the players, and the funnest, the most fun golf tournament in the entire PGA Tour season, waste management. Oh, yeah. that We're going to have such a blast there. And, I mean, like you said, with those 12 like bolstered events with the bigger payouts um, it's going to like everything you mentioned. I mean, the fields are going to be unbelievable, but then the competition to get into those fields and like uh, ever just everything about it, you know, when there's more money to be had, the, the competition's going to increase. And even in the last 10 years, we've seen the PGA tour just completely evolve into now where it's, there's these 20, 20 some year olds that you've never heard their name and they are capable of going out on the PJ tour and winning. Like every field is so deep. The talent is through the roof. Um, and that actually brings me to a, a fun little tweet. I'm not going to get us off track here, but uh, TJ Vogel is a guy that uh, is it, known in the golf world as basically the Monday qualifying legend. He, uh, in okay, well, this was in 2018, um, but 
he, uh, he, he Monday qual. I think he Monday qualified six times on the PGA tour last year. And I still think he has yet to get a PGA tour card, but he just goes out on Mondays <laughs> and just dominates. So in, in 2018, TJ Vogel Monday qualified eight times on the PGA tour, which is just fucking unheard of. Um, so in those eight rounds, he shot 63, 64, 64, 65, 65, and 366s. And all of them were first or second in the Monday qualifier. Um, in those total eight Monday qualifiers, he lost to a total of two players and beat 704 players. That Isn't is that fucking insanity? Like banana land. Yeah. Like Monday. Mondays are a good day for TJ Vogel. He's a big Monday guy. Well, exactly. And that's the tough thing. I mean, we've talked about it, but if like Monday's your Super Bowl, it's got to be so hard to get into the event and actually play well. When you go shoot, fire a 64 on a, a Monday, you're like, oh, shit. And the t- I wish the Monday qualifiers were on the same course, you know, I, and I guess it gives those players a competitive advantage if they do qualify because they get to play there in competition, kind of see the setup. But overall, I mean, Monday qualifying is fucking crazy. Like I, I was talking and I'm not going to get us off the rails. I'll say it again. Um, but when I was at that golf camp um, in 2013 the, or the summer of 2012, I'm sorry, uh, down in Florida where I met some lifelong friends, the junior Ryder cup Academy. Um, but anywho, I was talking to, they had a lot of older PGA tour players there. Um, well, and, and so Billy Casper was namely the most, uh, or the biggest name there for sure. I mean, he was, he's, he'll probably go down as a top 15, 20 golfer of all time. Um, and then Dow Finsterwald was there. He won the PGA, I think the 1958 PGA. Um, so he was like in his eighties at that point. I, I'm not sure if he's, he's still alive or not, honestly, but um, we were talking to him about Monday qualifying way back in the day. And they were like, yeah, you could shoot like 74, 75 in Monday qualify for a PGA tour event. Like, and that was back in like the seventies probably, but now like how, how crazy is that? And they, they did say that like, you really didn't have a chance to make the cut and make money um, shooting that number, but you could get into a PJ tour event shooting 74, 75. And so just the fact now that like, you can't even sniff getting into the event unless you're at least six to seven under par at a Monday qualifier. And a lot of those have pre-qualifiers where you have to get through the pre-qualifier to get into the Monday qualifier. So they're playing well at the pre-qualifier. They're shooting six, seven, eight, nine under at the qualifier. And that's just to get into the event. So the competition level of the PGA tour is just absolutely skyrocketed these last 10, 15 years. It's, and I think it's the tiger effect, honestly, like golf, the competition in golf will never be the same. Like we, we mentioned earlier, but that, that honestly is exciting too. Cause it, and it all depends on how you look at it, but it opens up the, like, we're never going to see t- a tiger woods, like 2000 season again, you know what I mean? And, but there's going to be new guys winning every week. And if you really look into these guys' stories, like there's so many good, um, they're not in your face, like headlines, but there's so many good headlines that you can, if you really look, you can find out you're like, Oh, this guy's got a really cool backstory and all this. So, um, I definitely see a lot of first time PGA tour winners coming in, uh, 2023, but then also, I mean, you've got your Justin Thomas's, your 
Rory McIlroy's, your Joaquin Neiman's a young star, um, your Scotty Scheffler's, your, you know, there's, there's just a, a laundry list of dudes uh, that you want to go out and watch every week. And then there's guys that you've never heard of that are going to win too. So it's uh it's going to be a fucking fun year. Yeah. A lot of competition coming of, of course, going out, but we get another tour to watch and another tour to talk about, which is, is always fun. And then you get the PGA tour with a ton of young talent coming in. So let's look back at 2022. Give me your best golf shot of 2022 on the PGA tour. Okay. So my best golf shot, and we were together watching this. It was the final round of the masters. Um, so uh, Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler were kind of separated from the field. The next closest guy was four under. Um, they both go into that hole at eight under um, and they are no cam. I'm sorry. Cam was one behind yet. So Scotty had a one shot lead. They both drove it. I think in the exact same spot, short left to the green, they both fumble fucked their, <laughs> their approach shots, like a little 70 yard wedge shot to this really elevated, not necessarily elevated, but pushed up green um, with a really hard runoff right in front of it. Uh, so both of them screw up their approach shots. They both try to get too cute. They both leave it short of the green. And so I'm like, Ooh, this could be, uh, cam's chance to, you know, really capitalize. Um, so then, cause we were rooting for, let's just be transparent. We were definitely rooting for cam Smith at the time. Like Scotty Scheffler, he had, uh, he had an amazing year last year and I, he actually claims my worst shot of the year too, which we'll get into later. But, um, Scotty Scheffler, he's hitting three about 30 yards short left of the green and the pin is tucked front left. Like it is borderline impossible, maybe not even front more center, but they, they really, neither of them had much green to work with. And I was like, Ooh, this is cam's chance. You know, if both both were in play for double bogey. Um, so Scotty's got about 30 yards. He hits his old Texas bump and run. Like, and this is where that shot comes in so handy. Um, cause I think cam Smith's a little bit more of a high wedge guy and Scotty doesn't have a problem keeping it on the ground or, or, you know, bump and running it. And he bumps it into the hill. It bounces like two or three times in the fringe and it comes in with some pace, but he ends up pulling out that shot from 30 yards short left makes birdie. One of the most unsuspecting birdies of the year there. And cam ends up making bogey and he gets back to a three shot lead, which ultimately leads him to winning the masters last year. So that, that shot just, I remember my blood was boiling when he hold that out. I was like, if, if that runs by, if that doesn't hit the hole, it goes probably 20, 30 feet by. And they're both making the same score. It's still a one shot lead for Scotty. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of luck, but Scotty's just that he is, he is him. Like he hits the shots when he needs to hit those shots. And it just fucking made my blood boil. I wanted Cam Smith to win that so bad, but, and and really what we've been wanting these last few years is just because we're doing these live streams at the ends, ends of uh, um, majors. And it's like, we just want a competitive golf tournament. Like we want to see Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler battling it out tied for the lead on the 18th tee. Like, and so that's what really pissed me off, but just an unbelievably clutch and amazing shot that proved to, uh, you know, you can never really look back at one exact shot that wins a guy a tournament, but it felt it kind of felt like that shot 
completely swung the momentum because Scotty was kind of coming back to the field a little bit. And for him to hold that shot out was just absolutely as clutch as it gets. Yeah, I, I remember same same thing, licking my chops, like, oh, Cam's going to, at worst, tie this hole, but get a stroke here because it turn, turned into kind of match play. Exactly. And, and I was like, oh, Cam's got this, and he ends up losing two shots, right, on that hole? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. made bogey and Scotty made birdie. Yeah, the 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 turning point of that of the Masters for sure on that final round ended with that that amazing shot from Scotty Scheffler, but got to hand it to him. My best shot of the year. So I've got an honorable mention and then a real best shot of the year. So honorable mention was Harry Higgs banging in a birdie putt at the waste management, going tits out to the crowd. Uh, <laughs> electric moment. I, I'm already getting excited to be back there in February just because of the vibes around there. The yeah. most fun golf tournament. If you guys are there, Come say hi to us. We're going to be walking around all pins and aces gear, uh, hanging out, doing some content, doing some live stuff, uh, some recaps, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you come say hi to us if you see us. But yeah, that was one of the best shots just because he said he was going to do it. You didn't think he was would. And then he just full on shirt straight up right to the moon. Right uh, over right his in front head. Of, yeah. Right in front of everybody. Um, but no, the real, my favorite shot of the year, even though it comes from a guy that I don't particularly love, is uh, Jordan Spieth when he had that cliffside shot uh, at Pebble Beach where crazy downhill lie. He's got to put most of his weight on his front foot to even hit that correctly. Ended up saving par, but uh, I don't think I would have been able to hit that golf shot. Like, the way he was just so leaned forward off of a cliff. I mean, that could have been legitimately like real life guy dies on camera <laughs> if he falls forward. Yeah. So, oh, yes, yes, yes. Now I'm recalling what shot you're talking about. I mean, yeah, I would honestly be, I would get vertigo. Like, I, because remember, so we played Sanctuary this year. And for any of those who, of you who have played Sanctuary, the first tee shot is about a hundred yard, like at least a hundred yard drop off from the T to the, to the fairway. And it is physically hard for me to stand there. Um, and I was in a much safer position, you know, there's really no imminent danger. Um, but I still like got dizzy standing up there and kind of peeking over the edge, like in those cartoons, you know, where you see like the rabbit, like peek over the edge of the building or whatever, whatever that cartoon was back in the day. Um, but for him to pull that shot off, literally like you said standing next to the cliff like i i don't think and how can you even focus on the golf shot he actually pulled off a pretty damn good golf shot um and given the circumstances it was in a, a 12 out of 10 so uh yeah that and just one of the most iconic holes on the pga tour one of the most iconic courses um just a a, a fantastic shot i also feel like there's a few other um shots that we have to mention um, the hole in one, what will you look up who hit that hole in one at the waste management? Um, God, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, so, and we told this story nine months ago when we were down there, but, or for 10 months now, I guess, which is fucking crazy to think about, but we left, we had to leave to catch a flight back to Denver. Um, Sam Ryder, Sam Ryder. Thank you. We left, I was standing 20 feet off the green at the 16th at TPC Scottsdale. We were live tweeting. We were taking video, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we left 15 minutes. We were walking to our car, by the way, which we had to park like fucking two miles away because 
that whole situation's a joke. Um, but we could hear the roars, just the absolute. And we looked at each other we were like, no, like, cause we immediately knew what happened. And we, we had left 15 minutes before that. Um, so obviously one of the most electric shots of the year, cause there's no better crowd to make a hole in one in front of it's the stadium of, um, you know, all the PJ tour, basically the entire year. And one other shot. So can we move into our, uh, I don't want to bury the lead here, but can we move into our um, biggest win of the year? And then we'll do our worst shot. Yeah, let's go biggest win of the year. Okay, so biggest win of the year. um, And this is going to be my honorable mention for shot of the year was Matthew Fitzpatrick's uh, fairway bunker shot on the 18th at the U.S. Open. Like that is one of those shots. It's like, oh, it, it looks relatively simple. I guarantee you don't even give me circumstances. Don't even give me Sunday with a, I think a one shot lead at the U S open. That is one of the toughest shots in golf by a mile, a short iron in the bunker. I can tell you even myself personally, and I'm better than most golfers. um, And I'm not, I'm no benchmark to go off of here. I would stick that fucking thing in the, the sand so hard. I would probably hit that 20 yards. I'd leave it in the bunker or, and I mean, he had a lip to deal with too. That was the even more impressive thing. Um, and I think he hit pitching wedge or nine iron. What'd you say? Oh, did you say something? I, I thought you said something. Um, my bad. But just to hit a short iron out of that fairway bunker with everything on the line that he had, never winning a major. Um, and one other, his, his couple of really fantastic shots of that event. Uh, on Sunday where he, you remember he knocked in that 50 foot butt all the way across the green on the 13th hole. Um, so that 50 footer and then that, that fairway bunker shot, he hit to probably 12 feet given the circumstances is like the toughest shot in golf. Um, and you can really ask any PGA tour player, cause you have to pick it exactly perfect. You have a lip to deal with, you have to get it up, but you have to stop it. And just for him to get that, perfect strike and control the distance like that is just unbelievable. Um, that was kind of a word salad, but when do I not have a complete word salad on this podcast? Uh, overall though, for him to win that U S open and really kind of emerge as a prominent PJ tour guy when he's been, I mean, if you know golf, you know, that guy's name, but for him to kind of come out on the national stage and do that, at the place he won the U.S. Amateur back in 2013, stayed in the same exact place that he stayed in 2013 uh, when he won the U.S. Am. For him to go out and win a, a U.S. Open at Brookline was just very iconic. And I still, to this day, I think he's the only major winner to, be, to have braces. Like, I I still can't get over that. The dude is rocking braces. And hopefully he gets those puppies off soon. Like, I still don't understand how he didn't go Invisalign or anything like that. But, you know, that's he's also wearing Skechers golf shoes. So, um not the not the dude that really cares about fashion the most or anything, but just goes out and gets it done. And also one other quick note on him. He is one of those guys that puts with the flag stick in. And uh, there's a lot of different theories around whether in or out and from what distance it benefits you to putt with it in versus out. But um, he fucking gets it done on the greens, putting with the flag stick in. It still throws me off 
to see a guy hit a six footer with the flag stick in just growing up. You're like, you know, that's an immediate penalty to putt with the flag stick in. So, but it's also kind of hard to believe that it ever used to be a penalty. You know what I mean? Now that yeah, we, it's just like so long ago now that it's it, like, it, it, exactly. it, it feels so weird to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But it still is a little, it's that in between where it's weird to watch him do it with it in, but it's also weird to ever think that it was a penalty. Um, but just a big congrats to Matt Fitzpatrick for getting it done at the U S open. Um, definitely all major wins are iconic, but the way he got it done and just such a fun ending to that tournament, I don't think it could have been any, any better than that. So. Yeah, that, it was amazing win. Like you said, a full circle win, same course. Cool to, as much as I hate seeing a, a foreigner, fuzzy little foreigner, win, win a U.S. Open. Uh, well, and just an iconic venue, too. Shout out to Brookline. Like, it's one of the all-time uh, U.S. Open venues. So, um, yeah, I agree. You never you want, you kind of want to see an American win the U.S. Open. But then we also had an Australian win the British Open. Um, just a whole crisscross, and then he just leaves for live right after. <laughs> so there's a lot of unexpected things in golf this year. So, um, but yeah, that, that win was just a blast to watch um, along with, I think another major that you might bring up here shortly. Well, I am actually, I'm going to bring it up, but in the bad sense, uh, my biggest win of the season was actually to me, just for the meaning of golf and the PGA tour was Rory McIlroy's win at the Canadian open. Uh, holding off Justin Thomas and Tony Finau stacked leaderboard the week where Rory really spoke out and, and uh, in golf, you know, you talk, everybody talks a lot of shit, but it's not usually um, broadcasted, especially in professional golf. So Rory coming out and saying all the stuff he said about Greg Norman being tied with him in PGA tour victories, going out, winning the RBC Canadian open, and then making a comment afterwards about having one quote, one more win than somebody else, just an all in all encompassing. It, it, it's good. He's our petty King. Yeah, he is. And, and Rory being good is good for golf. We all know that that's just kind of a, a well-known fact, but honestly that win was just so put your money where your mouth is type of win. And I just respect the shit out of him for that. I was going to say it's definitely the ultimate put your money where your mouth is moment. And I will say that I think there's only maybe a handful of dudes and maybe not even a handful, maybe two or three guys on tour that can talk that shit and like, and literally just be like, I'm going to win this week and go out and win. You know what I mean? And Rory is one of those dudes when he's on top of his game and, and real quick, since uh, you didn't, you didn't give it up or you didn't, give it up quote unquote. But, um, since we haven't mentioned it, the, his, his, uh, tour championship victory, it, it seems like he, yeah, he won the tour championship. Correct. No, I, I yeah. sound like a dumbass. Um, no, he did. For some reason I was getting my confused, <laughs> and I was like, did he win? But he has just got East Lake's number. Like, you know, every time he goes out there, he's going to fire fucking 65. It feels like on one of the toughest golf courses on the PJ tour year in year out. Um, so he's got East Lakes number and just, just really a, a great, great year for Rory McIlroy. Um, and maybe we need to put a little futures on him to win the masters uh, with the year that he's had. And I think we actually talked about it. Didn't I, we may need to go back and clip one of the pods. Cause I, I said, I think it was with RK, one of the episodes with RK. I said, 
book Rory to win the masters next year. Um, and, and that's to cur- complete his career grand slam. And uh, that would just be awesome for the game of golf and put him in the upper echelon of players, which he's already there. But I think uh, getting that masters victory off his back, I think if he gets the masters done, cause he's just been so focused on it. I think if he gets it done there, then I, that might open the floodgates for him to win a lot more majors. Um, we could see him. I, I would love to see Rory get into the double, double digits, digits of, uh, of, uh, uh, geez, Louise, I'm having a fucking brain fart, um, of major victories and really put him in, solidify his, his name in that top five golfer of all time. Cause that's what it really kind of feels like he's been. And then he's had a few down years. He couldn't close, uh, his putter lets him down on the weekend. And then the typical Rory charges back to backdoor a top 10, um, but to really see Rory kind of put his foot down and be like, I am this guy. I am him. Um, I am Himothy and go out there and fucking win four or five more majors in his career. And really, I wouldn't call it the back end of his career. He's probably kind of in the middle of it, but he did have a, a low point there in the, in the beginning after he won all those majors at first. So I would love to see him get back out there and, and get his, his game back into, and it's already there, but really get that, get his game at the top of the world kind of level that we know he can be at. Rory Mackle him. <laughs> Rory Himmelroy. Hey, that's a good one too. All right. How, what is your worst shot of 2022? Um, so my worst shot also comes from Scotty Scheffler and I actually didn't have to do much, much research for this. Cause I remember watching it live and I was cracking up. I was pissing myself because obviously any worst shot you see a PJ tour player hit, it's very rare for them, but it also makes them feel human. Um, and this was amidst the, the run that Scotty Scheffler was on. Like he was just, his stock was fucking flying up like Tesla circa 2020. Um, he was just, uh, everyone's like, is he going to win this week? Is he going to win this week? And I think we were the only idiots in the betting world that didn't get on the Scotty Scheffler train and missed out on um, thousands of dollars. So that's on us. Um, Won't be the first time we miss big time on bets and it won't be the last, but uh, Scotty Scheffler at the swing big miss big. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that is literally and figuratively your golf game. Um, that is just my everyday, you know, fucking send it kind of mentality other than golf. Cause I can't really swing big. I don't move it like that, but, uh, Rory Scotty. And the funny thing is side note, I always want to call Scotty Scheffler, Tony Scheffler. Like I, that is just the, the OG Scheffler to us played tight end for the Broncos 15, 10 Broncos lions legend. Yeah, he's a fucking beast. And so I always like even this morning I was Googling the shot to make sure I had it correct. I typed in Tony Scheffler into the fucking Google search. I'm like, you are such a dipshit. Like and I just still do that. I don't know. It's it's just a mental block for me. Um, But anywho, uh, Scotty Scheffler playing Ian Poulter in the match play in Austin, Texas uh, on the 13th hole. I think. I'm not sure where the match stood at that time. I couldn't really get into, I, I didn't get into the scorecard of it. Um, but Ian Poulter, everybody knows is a match play legend. Uh, he always is going to, no matter who he's playing, he's going to give them a run for their money. So they're on the par three or par five 
uh, 13th out at uh, Austin Country Club, and it's a par five. Uh, he, t- uh, I literally almost just said Tony Scheffler. Uh, Scotty Scheffler hits it just off the back right edge of the green in two. And Ian Poulter had also hit a good shot. It was basically uh, imminent that Ian Poulter was going to make birdie. So Scotty felt like he had to be somewhat aggressive, but he is Scotty's like a foot off the green, probably about 40 feet from the hole. And then about 20 feet past the pin, there's water. Um, and Scotty just flat out putted it straight into the fucking water. <laughs> like it was one of those putts that, when one of your amateur buddies, you just right when it comes off the putter, you're like, that's nowhere near it. Like that's not, not even fucking close. Uh, hit a house. Is, yeah. Hit a house, hit a fucking small village. Um, but Scotty puts it directly into the water. And I don't know if there's anything more. De- I mean, there's a lot of demeaning things in golf, like having to re tee off the first tee in front of the entire clubhouse. Um, shit like that. But taking a drop when you have a putter in your hand, pretty fucking tough scene for him. So uh, he did still end up beating Poulter two and one in that match. And that's kind of the beauty of match play is I'm sure in the back of Scotty's mind, he's like, if I put in the water, I put in the fucking water, you know, but it's still great for us watching the PGA tour to sit there and be like, did you see that? And it just makes everybody feel better about their golf game in general. So uh, I definitely enjoyed watching Scotty put it into the water and uh, you just, it's not something you see every day on the PGA tour. No, it's just when, whenever you get to see the really bad shots, I and I, we still feel like they should, without demeaning the player, if they can take it less seriously and realize how funny it is in the moment, it's not that funny, but that would make the PGA tour a lot more in golf, a lot more watchable. For sure. Um, my worst shot of the year is uh, <laughs> I, I still feel bad for the dude. He's going to have a good career, but Mito Pereira at the 18th oh, hole, yeah, PGA Championship. I'm gonna back away from the mic. Just ah, stops. <laughs> it just stops his fucking dude. That buddy, still, he had 120 yards left. He could have hit. He could have hit it anywhere, and he slices it into the fucking three foot wide creek. That the one like everybody's had that shot where you're like you stand over it. You're like you just can't hit it here. Like fucking you can top it you can literally whiff it but you can't hit it here and he hits it there like that that is just the ultimate like coming to fruition your worst nightmares you know what i mean like i'm sure there was a handful of nights where that shot like kept him up and and everybody's had those shots where you hit it and immediately like you're like why in my right mind was i not thinking to just not hit it you know and hindsight's 2020 because you don't want to have that mindset of don't hit it there. And I'm sure a lot of the PGA tour guys don't think that way. Um, that's a very amateur way of thinking, but in hindsight, I'm sure he was like, I, I should have done anything, but, and I think even if he hit three wood, it wouldn't have gotten to the Creek. Is that correct? Cause a lot of guys were hitting three wood off that tee because they knew it couldn't get to the Creek and he grabs driver and busts it into the fucking Creek. Um, but w- real quick, one other, I think this was at the PGA Championship too. Didn't didn't Zalatoris and Thomas go to a playoff? Y- y- Zalator- no, Mito was in the playoff too. Oh, Mito was in the playoff. Okay. Yeah, it was a three-way playoff and that Thomas ended up winning, which was on my uh, 
what is that called? Not cutting dining room, room floor. floor, cutting room floor <laughs> on my cutting room floor for best win of the year for JT, yeah. uh, especially because I had money on it too. But well, that helps. And also cutting room floor for shot of the year when he hit that three wood on the par four, that was like 20 feet from the hole. Remember that drivable par four or was yeah. that maybe that was yeah. driver. Where he just. Yeah, that was in the playoff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like just fucking balls of steel. Like JT's just got balls the size of church bells hitting that shot. Oh, hundred percent. All right, let's move into 2023, man. We're, uh, we're closing out a year, but new beginnings, new year, new us, you know, the new year, uh, new us. Can't wait to to watch cam defend his title at the tournament of champions this week. Oh, Oh, (laughs) psych. That, that was, that was still, uh, Still such a fun tournament because he shot what like 32 under. Like what I think it was 34. Anyways, like he Henry shot Rob a total going at it. Yeah, yeah, he shot a total of 258 for four days of golf. That's like, insane. It's disgusting. It's all <laughs> do you know what else is disgusting, by the way? Which it, I guarantee you is not in many okay. Here, let's let's have a quick guessing game. Who do you think was the highest earning golfer in the world last year? Uh, oh, Tony Finau. Tony Finau. Incorrect. Scotty Scheffler. Incorrect. Cameron Smith. Incorrect. Who won? Oh, Dustin Johnson. Incorrect. Uh, okay, I'm I'm out. Phil Mickelson. He made Is like this- 134 million dollars last year, shooting fucking 84 at every live tour event. Like. And I understand he got paid by the live tour for his past performance, not his future performance. Um, but at the same time, like it, just me throwing that at you and you know what I mean? Phil Mickelson, that is, that's just, uh, it's a fucking sad state of affairs when you got a 50 year old with a degenerate gambling habit and uh, doing a seven day coffee fast, like, he looks strung out. I hate to say it, but he looks all fucking. F- actually, he did put some of that weight back on. <laughs> he actually, Phil Mickelson is one of the few guys where he looks healthier, a little thicker. Like when he was skinny, I'm like, who is this fucking guy? Who's this Tom Cruise aviator wearing looking motherfucker? Like he looks like that dad that goes through that midlife crisis and completely changes his wardrobe. And he's got the aviators on. He's wearing like leather pants and shit. Gets a motorcycle. You're like, what's your deal, dude? Like, just, just fucking figure it out. And get through this. Um, but yeah, Phil Mickelson winning more money on, and I guess getting paid more money in golf than anybody is the biggest travesty of 2022. Because we had a lot of iconic moments, a lot of awesome shit happen, and ultimately Phil is the biggest winner of 2022. If you're just looking at money, so. Yeah, his his con his live contract probably has like one of those disclaimers that you see on like a commercial for some medicine that's like <laughs> past results are not indicative of future performance. Yeah, exactly. Like we got it when they put his name on the headline, like like there's like a little asterisk in the bottom right of the screen that says we'll probably shoot 84 today. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna follow him, like yeah, you might see some fucking wild shots because that's just how Phil's always operated. He's He's always going to get after it no matter what, but uh, he's going to probably shoot in the eighties. Like, and, and Pat Perez uh, being just abused online for uh, making the money he made on the live tour for shooting 80 every Sunday and somehow making like four or $5 million. 
Um, so once again, job of the year goes to Pat Perez. Uh, that wasn't an official award, but I think there's about a million dudes that would be lined up around the block to be able to go out, play golf for three days, shotgun style <laughs> and fucking shoot average 80 for, uh, three rounds and make $4 million in a season. I, I think there is, I don't know if there's a single golfer in the world that would turn that job down. Nope. Not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Looking into 2023, of course, we got the players TPG Sawgrass, kind of the fifth major uh, in March and then the majors, which we will be doing live shows, you guys live shows on our YouTube channel, uh, usually about the 14th, 15th hole of all majors from the DNVR bar, maybe looking into some other places to do some majors, um, do some watch parties this year. Uh, but then we have, of course, the Masters in Augusta, April 6th through 9th, defending champion. We know Scotty Scheffler. PGA Championship this year is at Rochester, New York at Oak Hill. Uh, May 18th through 21st. Of course, Justin Thomas defending that championship. Uh, then we've got still, the U.S. Real def- quick, it's still so weird to me that the PGA is before the U.S. Open. Like The major yeah, season it, just comes and goes so fucking quick. And the fact that the British is the last major of the year, I don't like that. I just, I'm, I'm very used to the PGA being in August, kind of cap off the year. And usually the PGA is the, the biggest, I wouldn't call it a turd, but the biggest afterthought. Like the British is iconic, the the U.S. Open's iconic, and obviously the Masters is iconic, but kind of like it's like a soft letdown into you know what I mean into the the non-major season when we had the PGA in August. Now it's like four majors, four months, and then you go eight months without a major, and it just kind of blows. But it th- those four months are a freaking blast. Oh, hundred percent. Then we have the uh, U.S. Open June fifteenth through eighteenth at Los Angeles Country Club, and the open championship in england at royal liverpool uh july 20th through 23rd so exciting major season we're gonna give you guys though and we all know about the big players we're gonna give you guys a each a pga tour rookie to look out for so mitchell in 2023 mitchell you want to start us out here yeah absolutely so um this guy it's I wouldn't call it burying the lead because you still haven't heard his name, but he gained PG tour status in the in the fall of 2022, um, finished seventh on the Corn Ferry Tour money list. Name is Taylor Montgomery. He's a UNLV uh, Las Vegas native, went to UNLV. He's 27 years old, so he's not he's not this young, you know, young buck that just came out firing on the PGA tour, you know, straight out of college or whatever, he's kind of grinded his way there, which I have multiple, I have multiple respect for uh, a multitude of respect for, because I'm also 27. I'm washed as fuck. So it really doesn't apply to me, but it's, it's kind of feels a little bit more relatable that he's my age and I, I I couldn't be his dad anymore. Cause that's, that's what it feels like with these PGA tour players. It's like, Oh, I'm 12. Um, but Taylor Montgomery, he already has three top tens in the fall series of the PGA Tour this year. Uh, he finished, I think, either T2 or T3 at the Fortinet, um, the Fortnite Championship, which is Max Homa's um, biatch for better or lack of better words to use. Max Homa wins it every year. That's his tournament. Um, but he finished T3 there, uh, finished he, – he, bottom line top three top tens in the fall series this last year on the PJ tour. Um, 
he if, uh, and here's a fun story. He, well, so first of all, he drives it pretty well, um, hits it last year. He averaged 309 off the tee. So, uh, sadly enough, that's pretty close to average. That's a little bit above average for a PJ tour guy. Uh, but he moves it and he puts it really well. He was top 20 in strokes gained putting last year on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour, which we know is just a bunch of ballers, uh, just a bunch of PGA Tour players in waiting, basically. But uh, one funny story. So he qualified for the U.S. Open in 2021 at Torrey Pines, and he actually made the cut, finished T56 um, with his dad on the bag. So just, a, am sure the, the first kind of like iconic moment of his career for himself, like making the cut at, at Torrey Pines, an iconic venue playing the weekend as a, then either 25 or 26 year old. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, but what he forewent to play in the U S open was the Wichita open, which is you know, the corn fairy tours got a lot of great events, but the Wichita open, like who wants to go fucking watch golf in Kansas? Not me. Um, I've also had some buddies Monday qualify. Uh, actually I think Eric Hallberg got through Monday qualifying one year for the Wichita and played in the Wichita open. But one of our other buddies has gone and tried to Monday qualify never to avail, but he said that the heat index when you're Monday qualifying out there, usually, um, is about 104 to 108. Like he said that people were dying. Like they were telling people to just stay inside. And with all the humidity out there in Kansas being at sea level, um, he said he went through about eight gloves in one round, 18 whole round of golf. Um, so it just sounds miserable in general to go like you, you 10 times out of 10, if you can choose to play in uh, the U S open or the Wichita open, you're going to choose the U S open. So Taylor Montgomery goes, finishes T56 at the U.S. Open in 2021, foregoes playing in the Wichita Open and comes full circle. He misses getting his PGA Tour card by one spot in 2021. He finishes 26 on the Corn Ferry Tour money list. And if he would have finished T39 at the Wichita Open, he would have finished in the top 25. He would have been a PGA Tour player last year. So then this year, uh, this past year, 2022, he goes and qualifies for the exact, he goes and qualifies for the U S open again in his dad's exact words. And I quote, you're a dumbass. You're going to finish 26 again and look like the biggest idiot in the world <laughs> because he forewent playing on the, witch, uh, playing the Wichita open to play in the U S open again this year. Um, but he was like, I wanted to prove my dad wrong. So he went and finished seventh on the money list on the corn ferry. And like I said, he already has three top tens on the PGA tour, albeit limited, you know, weaker field and stuff, but he's already 11th in the FedEx cup points for the fall series. So he, he definitely started his first PGA tour season off on the right foot. And uh, I think he's going to be fun to watch. I'll have to keep my eye on him this year. I love that dude. It's fucking, it's, it's a name you've heard, like you said, you've heard kind of heard, but like time to, uh, burst onto the scene. My guy is is a guy that has played on some PGA Tour events, obviously already since we're kind of in between in the middle of the 2022-23 season, which is weird. Um, but he's been overshadowed his entire career because he went to Oklahoma State. He's a cowboy. You know, you got Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf there, but Huge? Austin Eckrow. <laughs> okay. And 
Austin Ekro is a 23 year old, uh, just, just came out of Oklahoma state. But like I said, he he's done everything that these other guys have done just without the notoriety. He's won. uh, he's a four-time all American at Oklahoma state. He won an NCAA title in 2018. He's won a Walker cup. Um, he finished third at the inaugural PGA tour university class, and he had three top tens and 10 top 25s on, on the corn Ferry tour last year. So a guy that he, he doesn't do anything particularly well. He, his approach shots, he's got a really great longer game driving the ball approach to green. He's like, he was like top 10 in a couple of PGA tour starts that he's already had uh, His short game needs some work, but who's doesn't uh, just a guy that I look for to, you know, not necessarily win in 2022 or 2023, excuse me, but a guy that, you know, Oklahoma state products, as we've seen with Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, they they're bred from uh, just, a di- and he's from Oklahoma as well. So he's kind of grew up there and, and, uh, and not really. He's, okay. He kind of looks like, like E-Hall. He kind of looks like Eric Hallberg. Okay. Um, yeah. I just feel like there's quite a few uh, Jordan Niebrugge. Do you remember that name back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, I feel like they've produced a lot of ginger PGA tour players and I don't, I'm not being biased against gingers or anything, but every, every time I picture an Oklahoma state golfer, usually his hair is as orange as the shirt he's wearing. Like that. Yeah. I don't know why that's just <laughs> automatically what I picture when I picture any dude from Oklahoma state besides like Ricky Fowler. So, uh, I just, I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't, he looks like our, our good buddy, recurring guest and friend, Eric, Eric Hallberg, but um, he, I'm just like, I always love when guys just burst onto the scene. I have a question for you though. A little trivia question. When, what, who is the last rookie to win on the PGA tour? True rookie. Mm-hmm. Like four years ago. Well, five, ten, Technically for 2018. Was it Mackenzie Hughes? No. Okay. This is also kind of a guy that looks like your profile of player and plays ping clubs. Taylor Gooch? No. Aaron Wise. Oh, shit. He, okay. He never played ping. I'm pretty sure he's a ping guy when he won. He's a Callaway. He's been a Callaway guy through and through. Are you sure about that? Yeah, he's been a Callaway guy for 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 at least since he got on the PGA Tour. Because I know his coach Jeff. Oh, yep, yep. I'm I'm getting him confused. Who Spencer's are you getting him confused with? I don't know. I I I'm just maybe Mito Pereira. <laughs> yeah, Mito I think is also ginger. Um, but he's a pin guy for sure. But yes, Mito's hundred percent. And there, there is, there is guys that you're just like, he's a pin guy. You know what I mean? Like you look at him and I feel like it's not the best thing to be labeled as a pin guy, but there's definitely just like, there's pin guys. There's definitely pin guys. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us for today and this year. Um, Appreciate all you guys listening. We as a podcast have grown immensely, almost double in one single year from 2021 to 2022. Golf in 2023 is just going to continue to take off. A lot of young rookies, uh, a tour feud, more live events, more PGA Tour events, bigger payouts. Uh, And and we're going to be along for the ride, and we hope you guys will join us this next year. Have a great weekend. Enjoy bowl season. Get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Get some bowl bets in. It's a fun time of the year. Other than Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day being on a weekend this year, just a great time to hang out with friends, hang out with family. 
watch TV. Uh, couldn't be better. We will talk to you guys next year. I love doing that every uh, every year. <laughs> thanks, thanks again for a great 2022. Make sure you're following us on the, all the socials at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram, at Big Drive Energy on both Twitter and the talk. We're going to be coming out with some great content as always. And you can always comment on our podcast, www.thednvr.com under podcast, Big Drive Energy at the bottom. There's a comment section. We will read those at the end of the next podcast. So join in with us. 2023 is going to be a huge year for Big Drive Energy, and we're excited to get it going. Have a great year. Rest of your year. Have a great start to the new year. We'll talk to you next year. Peace. Peace.